Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I want to start out tonight reading from Acts chapter 10, verse 38, as we continue on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And in the scripture in Acts 10, verse 38, it speaks in a special way to the whole council of the Godhead. And it says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There are two things I want to take from the scripture tonight, at least two things. It says, oh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. And right here we see the three persons of the Godhead working together. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So, Right there, you're seeing the distinction of the persons of the Godhead. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil. Now, if Jesus needed to be anointed of the Holy Spirit in order to accomplish the work that he was sent to do on earth. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit? He is absolute necessity. In fact, in Jesus's time on earth, Jesus was mainly in the region of his hometown area. However, the impact of his ministry was worldwide. Jesus never really traveled all over the world, but the impact of his ministry was worldwide. How did that happen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how awesome the Holy Spirit is. So he has the ability to bring what he has put in your heart through you all over the world. And that is why we need the Holy Spirit because he can help us to accomplish what we can't accomplish, what money could not pay for. He anointed, uh, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. So I want to say to you tonight that you are also, as believers, you are also anointed with the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel to the nations of the world, whatever area you are assigned, however you are able to preach the gospel, God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit to make it happen. Because yes, in your own strength, it can't happen. But with the Holy Spirit, it makes a difference. You can accomplish whatever God is saying by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is probably the most misunderstood subject in the entire Bible. And that might not be by chance because the enemy 
uh, has worked over time to try and keep people, especially believers, ignorant of the Holy Spirit. Because if he can keep us ignorant of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, then he can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. So Paul was writing to the church in Corinth one time about uh, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant of the work of the Holy Spirit. He was talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he's told the brethren in Corinth, which is applicable to all of us, that he did not want them to be ignorant of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe one of the reasons why Paul would have said that is because he would have seen where the enemy would have blinded the minds of people as it relates to the work of the Holy Spirit. So the enemy can keep believers from walking in revelation knowledge that the Holy Spirit brings by keeping their minds ignorant of the Holy Spirit. At least if you allow him, he can hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in your life if he can keep you ignorant of the Holy Spirit. One of the things that people struggle with over, over time in life generally and particularly in the kingdom is the issue of accountability. And whether it be you as an individual trying to make yourself accountable or authorities in your life trying to make you accountable. The Holy Spirit is the best source of accountability in your life. He's the best person to hold you accountable. When you can shake off people, when you can ignore phone calls and text messages and WhatsApp messages and not turn up to meetings that you're supposed to turn up to, you cannot do, you cannot really shrug off the Holy Spirit or keep him off like that. I'm not saying you can't resist what he's saying to you, but what I'm saying is that he will convict you in such a way where you are conscious that it is either you are going to respond to him or walk in rebellion. You know that that's a choice before you. So you have to decide, do I walk in rebellion here or do I respond to the Holy Spirit? You can always run and hide from those on the outside, but you cannot run and hide from that which is on the inside. And in this case, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. How many of you have maybe decided in your mind in times past that you're not going to do certain things and you made your own decision on that? But when the Holy Spirit came and convicted you, you had no choice but to back up and say, okay, Holy Spirit, if you say so, I will do it. He is the best person to hold you accountable. And you see, the Holy Spirit's timing is impeccable. And the way that he goes about it will bring you to, to tears without anyone physically interacting 
with you. Because sometimes when you seem to forget all about some things and you're watching your favorite movie or in bed or in the shower or something is when the Holy Spirit comes and knocks on your heart, starts speaking to you. And even though you sing faster and do all the things to try and ignore him, you cannot get rid of that conviction or that knocking to say, respond or walk in rebellion. You have the choice. You see, if he can't hold you accountable, then you cannot be held accountable. There are times when your flesh wants to revel in compliments because of how you sang or preach or you know how you carried out certain assignments. But the Holy Spirit taps on you and says, okay, keep your feet on the ground. And not only that, there's sometimes, there are times when uh, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something. You probably um, did not follow his, follow his instruction in your delivery of the song or the word or whatever you were doing. And people on the ground are saying, good job and all of that. But the Holy Spirit disturbs that compliment and reminds you that you never followed in his instruction in that delivery. He's the best source of accountability that you could ever have in your life. Awesome. I have that experience with the devil where he tried to send people in my life to try and compliment you on something that did not please the Holy Spirit. And then here comes the Holy Spirit to just peek into your heart from time to time and say no, and just cause you to melt and respond to him in repentance or just in repairing that situation. It's an amazing thing to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing to be held accountable by the Holy Spirit, to give him that place in your life because sometimes in the biggest of crowds in the in the biggest of conference he will come and speak to you and uh hold you accountable for what you need to be accountable for i want to take a few moments here to look at the holy spirit in the life of jesus and this is important because again Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in his life to carry out the assignments that his father gave him. How much more do we need the Holy Spirit in our life to carry out the assignment that our father God has given us? Sometimes because we have been doing things over time, we just get to the place of beginning to think that we can just act, we can just do it. And if you get to that place and start doing that kind of stuff, what will happen is that you will start parading in the flesh. And before long, 
the ministry is having no impact on people. Whatever you do in New Testament time that we live, you should ensure that it is influenced and inspired by the Holy Spirit. In fact, if it is not influenced and inspired by the Holy Spirit, it is religion. So let's look at the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Firstly, number one, he, Jesus, was born of the Spirit. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and Matthew 18, verse 20. He was born of the Spirit. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, and St. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. So you would remember that time when the angel announced the birth of Jesus to Mary. And Mary asked, how can this be? Because remember, we're talking about the virgin birth here. And the, the angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Ghost will enable the happen. You and I are also born again by the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that brings convictions to us. That is why if you get someone to repeat the prayer to receive Jesus as Lord, and it is not of the Holy Spirit, it is just a matter of time before they're gone. If you get them to receive the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, then it is the Holy Spirit that will keep them, that will convict them. And the truth is, you don't want the job to have to keep anybody safe. You, you have enough problem working on your own issues in your life. Number two, he was filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he, Jesus, was filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. St. John 3, verse 34. And that scripture talks about him, Jesus, having the spirit without measure. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to enable us. I think it is Luke chapter 14 where Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I think it's also in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to bind up the broken heart. So whatever the ministry is that you have been assigned, whatever the assignment is that you have in this life, it is going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, he was led by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Number three is that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter four, verse one, and Luke chapter four, verse one also. Being led by the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical to the belief because that way, you know that the Lord is with you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it, is, it says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And you can also look at it from the point of view that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. It's one of the most exciting things to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because remember, as we said earlier, the Holy Spirit has more knowledge than Google. So 
He knows how to lead you, where to lead you. You don't have the foresight or the insight that the Holy Spirit has or the oversight for that matter. So he knows how to lead us, how to lead us. Number four, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I did quote the scripture from Luke chapter four, verse 18. Number five, he spoke and taught by the Holy Spirit. So Jesus didn't just speak out of his natural mind. He spoke and, and taught by the Holy Spirit. And Luke 4 verse 18 is also, is again our reference scripture. Number six, he healed the sick by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. And again, we go to Luke chapter 4 verse 18 as our reference scripture. So you realize by now that's one scripture that you will have to read, all right? Number seven, he cast out devils by the power of the Spirit. Right? He cast out Jesus, cast out devil by the power of the Spirit. That's Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. He cast out devils by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm sharing with you here about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And I want to remind you that if it was necessary for the Holy Spirit to be in the life of Jesus, to for Jesus to carry out the assignment he was tasked on earth, then we also need the Holy Spirit in our lives to carry out the assignment that we have been tasked. Jesus was justified or vindicated by the Spirit. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16. He was justified by the Spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Number nine, and I think we have about 13. He was offered up on Calvary by the eternal spirit. Jesus was offered up on Calvary by the eternal spirit. And for scripture reference to that, we go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Number 10, he was resurrected. By the Spirit. We often quote the words in the Bible that says, The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. In other words, it is not a watered down version of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, it is God, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in you. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. So scripture reference. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Number 11. He gave commandments to the disciples by the Spirit. He gave commandments to the disciples by the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 2. He gave commandments the uh, commandments to the disciples uh, by the Spirit. He baptized and empowered the church by the Spirit. Acts 1, verse 5 through 8. He baptized and empowered the church 
by the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. And number 13. He directs and governs the church by the Holy Spirit. Revelations chapter 2, verse 7 and 11. So he directs and governs the church by the Holy Spirit. Revelations chapter 2 verse 7, and also verse 11. There is one Holy Spirit, but different manifestations. And someone likens that to electricity. You have electricity in your house, and that electricity manifests itself in different ways is manifested sorry through in different ways so it is manifested through your lights when your lights come on so you can see maybe wherever you are right now you have lights on that's a manifestation of the electricity that is in your house but it is also manifested through your fans it's a very hot time and maybe your fan or air conditioning units are on that's also manifestation of the electricity your cell phone that you're probably using right now charging your cell phone is also manifestation of the electricity in your house operating your refrigerator all these are manifestations it's one source of electricity but different it manif it is manifested in different ways the holy spirit is one holy spirit but there are different manifestations so the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is one of the manifestations of the holy spirit right and but, but the important thing is that it is, that's not the only manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes people who are filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues think and operate in a way that those who are not don't know the Lord. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is one manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is also another manifestation. Because it's the, you talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit speaks to another manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit speaks to yet another manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So it's the one Holy Spirit, but there are different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So follow me carefully here now. You can be born again and not have the manifestation of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Let's take it a, a little further. You can be born again and not have the manifestations of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in your life but 
there is the manifestation of the fruit of the spirit in your life. And, and uh, be careful now, I'm not suggesting that it's one or the other you should have. You should seek to have all of the manifestations in your life. However, I'm saying if you only demonstrate one of the manifestation, it doesn't mean that um, it is a watered-down version of the Holy Spirit in you. It's just that maybe that's the manifestation you allow. So there can be manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, sorry, but little or no manifestations of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. We've seen that many, many, many times. Not because there is the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit means that automatically the fruit of the Spirit is there. There can be manifestation, manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit and no manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So again, I want to say that there are different manifestations, but it is the same Holy Spirit. The manifestations of the Holy Spirit benefits the life of the individual believer and also benefits the general body of Christ. Any manifestation of the Holy Spirit will benefit the individual and also benefit the general body of Christ. So if you choose to close your life to any of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, you do so at the expense of the benefits of that manifestation in your personal life. So you can say, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in that. But then if you close your life to whether the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, or um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, if you close your life to any one of those, then you are aborting the benefits that that manifestation would bring in your life. And remember, one of the things that we have learned about God, one of the principles, the ground principle, is that God is a God of intent. God never do anything without purpose. He's a God of purpose. He has intent behind anything that he does. So any manifestation that he directs towards your life, there are intentions, purpose that comes with it. It's a package. Now, I want to zero in for a few moments here, and maybe for even the rest of this session on the manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Again, I know that there are those people who uh, teaches 
that if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you're not really born again. That's not Bible. That, that, that is not what the scripture teaches. As I said, that is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But the born again experience is something totally different. The born again experience is you asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord comes and lives inside your spirit. And that, and, and that is called regeneration. And that is what enables you to be born again. Now, after you're born again, then it is uh, the desire of God that you would open up your life to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, Holy Spirit is the person or the God of the Godhead that is active in the earth today. He is the link between heaven and earth. So he transmits things in and through our lives. Now, if you choose to close your life to the manifestations of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you would close your life to um, the benefits of the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues in your life. You would close your life to the benefits that that comes with. And I'm not doing a full-blown teaching tonight on uh, speaking in tongues, but there is a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14, verse 14. And Paul again, writing to the church in Corinth, he said, if he talks about my spirit, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I think the amplified version of the Bible, or yeah, the amplified, amplified version says, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. But my understanding is unproductive now if you choose to pray just with your mind that will limit your ability in prayer you are doing an injustice to yourself if you do that so if you have the baptism of the holy spirit or open your life to that manifestation the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues you put yourself in a position to pray for the unknown, to put legs onto your prayer, to cover areas that you would never ever be able to cover. Because your spirit, by, aided by the Holy Spirit, goes places that your mind can't go in prayer. The Holy Spirit can lead you into breakthrough in your prayers that your mind can't lead you into. Because that's another thing that when you pray, when you go to pray, especially what we call intercessory prayer, it's important not to quit until you get breakthrough. Oh, yes. And more times than not, your understanding 
Your natural mind cannot take you to those places of breakthrough. It is the Holy Spirit that enables that. So if you close your life to that side of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, then you're closing your life to the benefits that that manifestation brings. Now, I am saying you don't want to do that. Because when you, break, you pray and get to those places of breakthrough in your life, it's amazing the kind of results that it brings. The impact of your life will not be the same. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is a key development in the life of the believer. It is a phenomenon for present day believers. And I will boldly say to you today that God desires for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want to read from Acts chapter two. We're going to read from uh, verse one, read a few scriptures and look at that day when believers first receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speak, uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And, and I keep saying with the evidence of speaking in tongues deliberately because once you are born again, the Holy Spirit is in your life. There is a work of the Holy Spirit. You cannot get born again without the Holy Spirit. But just because the Holy Spirit is in your life doesn't automatically mean that all the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are active, are going to be active in your life. You have to open your heart, your life, to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Hold on, hold on. There was a sound from heaven. From where? From heaven. Let's stop there for a moment. That means that if it was from heaven, it had to be from God. So, so there's no question if what we're going to read about here is from God, because it came from heaven. Who else could have given gifts out of him? Well, the devil was kicked out a long, long time ago, although he wasn't even authorized to do that in terms of giving out uh, gifts like that. But he wasn't even in the picture in terms of in heaven. So if it came from heaven, it had to be from God. So there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues, flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Settled on each of them. 
Jephthah. It didn't just pass through, settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So every one of us can be filled. If everybody present on that day received, then all of us present today can receive. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages, the King James said, other tongues, as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability or gave them utterance. So it is the Holy Spirit, yes, that gives the utterance and gives the um, uh, ability to, to, to do that. But I want you to know that because the Holy Spirit lives in you as a born-again believer, that means the utterance is constantly in you. So we don't have to wait on something from heaven like those believers do because the utterance is inside of you. Now, let me just say something else before I move from verse 4. They began to speak in other languages. Let's take a moment here. Because um, there are a lot of people who will teach and say, well, it wasn't really tongues. Uh, it was other languages that they were speaking in. And we will read maybe a few verses more where you'll find that people identify their, their language on that day. But the interesting thing is that there was no one that was speaking in their own language. And they were not taught formally by any school. It was the Holy Spirit that came and, and inspired them, gave them the ability to speak in what would be unknown tongue to them. It would be unknown tongue to the individual speaking, but other language or other tongue to the person who would have understood that language. And there is that distinction in the Bible. And in contemporary times, that has happened. There are multiple testimonies of that where someone spoke in tongues and gave, and the interpretation came, and people from another language, another tribe, uh, somewhere else came up and said, you spoke in my language. But the person who spoke in that language never knew. I remember Brother Egan giving uh, an example that one night the Holy Spirit moved upon him and he gave a word of prophecy in tongues and then later on gave the interpretation. This man came up and said, I heard you spoke like you would say fluent French tonight and, and, and gave the interpretation and brother Higgins said what are you talking about uh, and when he checked it out he said they said another people were there from his uh, tongue said what brother brother Higgins spoke in tongues what was unknown tongue to him was a French language interpretation was spot on and the guy gave his life to the Lord that night because he was so astonished at the development. So it is possible that sometimes the tongue that you speak in, which is unknown to you, could be a language of some other tribe, 
some other people somewhere and God use it for his glory. There are times when it is just tongues that have no connection with any earthly language. And that happens more often than not. So I am saying that sometimes, even though someone understands the tongue in terms of it being another language, it is unknown to the person who is speaking. If you, listen, if you spend enough time with the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues a lot, you will find that God will even give you the interpretation in your own prayer life sometimes. There are times when I'm extended in tongues and then I started to realize what I was praying about. God just started to give the revelation, the understanding. The Holy Spirit does that. But as you extend yourself in the things of God, you will see more and more of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and you will understand more and more as it relates to how the Holy Spirit works. And again, you know, Paul wrote to um, the brethren and he said, I don't want you to be ignorant because they were carried away onto all kinds of idols and they were uh, versed in doing all kinds of um, demonic things. Paul was saying to them, I want you to understand how the dynamics of the kingdom work so you're not ignorant of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life. God wants us to grow in him more and more and more and more. I also want to take the opportunity to remind you that tongues does not equal the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Tongues is a manifestation of the person of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is one of the easiest thing for the believer to receive. And that might sound casual, but it is not. Once we understand the Holy Spirit and how he works, and how to receive the manifestation, it does not require any tarry. As I said before, the utterance is already inside of you if you're born again, because the Holy Spirit is in you. So if you are confident enough, you leave this meeting and you are in your bathroom, you can, or you're in bed, or you're preparing something to eat you can lift your hands and say father i thank you for the baptism of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and if you're confident enough just start speaking in tongues yes it's that easy. i think we labor over it sometimes i find one of the easiest ways when we're praying for people in church is to get a group of people who pray in tongues together have them praying in tongues and the people who want to receive, put them in the middle, tell them, lift your hands and just pray as the Spirit gives you utterance. Don't pray any English here now. Just pray in tongues. Be confident, be bold enough to speak any language that is coming to your spirit, anything coming to your spirit that is not English. 
and watch that manifestation. I didn't know this. I, I waited two years and all kinds of stuff before I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in them. And all that happened in my life was that there was a, a group of us in the church, young people, five of us got saved together. And one day, one night rather, we were in a prayer meeting and two of those folks just started to pray in tongues. We were praying, just praying, reaching out to God. We had never been taught about the Holy Spirit and how to receive the evidence of um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Two people just started to speak in tongues in the meeting. Nobody laid hands on them. The next meeting we had, one more person had the same experience. Then a fourth had that experience. I remember going to God and I told God, I said, I was the only person left that didn't have it. I was so serious. I said, Lord, I didn't even know how to ask for, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, whatever they have, I want it too. It can't be that five of us got saved and all four of them have it and I don't have it. That, that can't, it's not going to work with me. I need it too. That's how I approach God. The next time we're together, man, just in prayer as we're praying, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit without the, with, with the evidence of speaking in tongues without any flashy happenings or whatever. I am saying that if you are confident enough and you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you desire such tonight, you leave this meeting and ask the Father for that manifestation. Open up your mouth in confidence and speak and watch the Holy Spirit work in your life like only he can. We thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He's a friend, he's our helper, he's our comforter. You don't want to abort the benefits of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I encourage you tonight to do everything in your power. Make it a priority in your life to improve your fellowship with the Holy Spirit, your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Again, that only happens when you spend more and more and more and more time with him and allow him to continue to work in and through your life to enable you to carry out the assignment that he has given you for your life on earth. God bless you. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.